Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Oh, look at my front butt.
scene, as we call it? Um, not very long, actually. So I've only just recently kind of gotten into actually behind the scenes of movies. Um, I've been a podcaster, YouTuber for hmm, close to probably a year and a half. Um, and have done a lot of reviews, a lot of interviews with filmmakers and actors. Um, but I only started getting into uh, acting itself probably in October. So um, I think it just started with one director that I was interviewing, and he was just like, here, you're going to be in my movie. And and then other directors kind of followed suit. So I, it just kind of kind of came to me, actually. <laughs> Yeah, you worked with Dustin Ferguson, who's been on the show before. He's a great guy. Yeah, so I think we I think we also said uh, Dwayne Etheridge has been on your show. Yeah. And yeah, I've worked with him. He's yeah, he's he's great. So. Yeah, and uh, you have a what is it? A personality who recently come out or. Well, you know someone who's recently come out of retirement to help donate money for your movie for an anthology that's coming up? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, you mean Dr. Bubenstein wasn't retired? Oh, oh, no, she wasn't retired, no. <laughs> So, uh, so uh, yeah, I was very confused by that. Yeah, Dr. Boobenstein wasn't retired. She uh, was a character that I created around Thanksgiving for a uh, a special um, where I host, or I'm sorry, where she hosted uh, Night of the Living Dead. Um, but then I just hadn't done anything with the character, and some uh, Will Clazo, a director from Illinois, uh, saw me on Facebook and had an anthology that he was doing called Faces of the Dead. And he didn't know that I had that character. He just saw me on Facebook and was like, hey, have you ever thought about doing a horror host thing, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got a character for it. So it was perfect. So, yeah, yeah. so uh, Dr. Doc, Bubenstein did her thing a couple days ago. And, uh, yeah, so it's good that she's back. She's for hire, everybody. <laughs> yeah. And I do love the fact that people are still making movies, even if it is by this disconnected way over the Internet, even though we are isolated since uh, the coronavirus happened. Those who want to create will always create. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny because I've been, especially the last, like, two weeks, I've been super busy, so... Of course, I did that um, that segment. I've done a 48-hour film project, so um, those are pretty familiar to filmmakers, but they're, they've been doing these stuck-at-home projects where you basically have to uh, collaborate with other people or just kind of do a film on your own. And uh, I've got two more for a different contest, for a Rue Morgue magazine contest that I'm doing this week. So yeah, it's been it's been pretty cool, um, and people are getting creative on things. I know even within um, a web series that I'm doing with someone else, we had planned on shooting um, one of our segments, and I was like, you know what, we could probably do this with like the standard like phone call, you know, 
somebody, you know, each person recording their own video and that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, it's not like the highest quality stuff I think that we're going to be getting, but it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's fun and it's creative. It'll just show the, I'll say the quality will be high. I mean, of course you're going to get clunk. You might get a couple of clankers, but that's always going to happen. But you're really going to see some talent come out of this, you know. Yeah, hopefully. I hope that I hope that some of us who are just kind of sitting here waiting for our movies to uh, <laughs> to get back on schedule uh, have some luck with some of these like fun creative endeavors. Yeah, and there is going to be a big void for product because uh, with all the delays. Uh, the big theaters don't know what they're going to play when it comes out. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's worked to the advantage of at least one local place for me. So I'm in Indiana, and we have a drive-in called the Skyline Drive-In that actually operates every year. It's been in operation since Oh, I the know 50s. the Skyline. Yeah, Skyline. I've been there well, once. they don't have new- they don't have new movies to play, and they're very supportive of, like, independent horror, of, like, retro stuff. They don't have new movies to play, so they've been playing some really awesome old classics. I think last weekend they played, like, heavy metal, you know, and uh, I can't remember what what the next weekend. They have, like, they're having themes every week, but they're just playing, like, old movies, and, you know, it's uh, it's turned out to be pretty successful. That's awesome. I would be there to watch heavy metal. Yeah. It's a great place. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, you see people who are just trying to survive here. Like, and you do a lot of podcasts. I don't know why you did the Brady Bunch episode. Okay, so I do have three separate podcasts. So I have my my main podcast is In the Mic of Madness. That was uh, the first podcast I started, and it is based around horror films. Um, And uh, right now we've actually been doing the Friday the 13th series. So I just last night recorded our, uh, our show for Freddy versus Jason. Um, And then we have, I have kind of, it's, it's not really separate so much. It's almost like a spinoff or an offshoot of that called SOBs who love S or SOBs who love SOV, where we discuss shot on video films, um, primarily of the eighties, um, but then my other podcast is a non-horror podcast, and it's called Sitcom Kaleidoscope that I do with a man named Brad Farrell. We have a Facebook group if you're interested, and we cover various uh, crazy topics in sitcoms. We kind of just both bonded over our love of of cheesy shows, and so yeah, the last thing we did since everybody's in quarantine and no one can go on vacation, we decided to take everybody on vacation with the Brady Bunch, and we went through all the Brady Bunch vacation episodes. (laughs) Yeah, Vincent Price and a Tiki. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and Brady versus Jason, does, does that mean you're doing the movies in order? Yes. So yeah, we are we are towards the end of this. We've got uh, obviously the remake, reboot, reimagining, whatever you want to call it. Jason and then the uh, we are what I call it. <laughs> and then we're actually because we all love it and we consider it canon. We're actually going to do Never Hike Alone, 
Um, and the director, Vincent DeSanti, is going to come on and uh, join us to talk about that film. So. Yeah, because with the way the lawsuit's going, I don't think we're getting a new Friday the 13th anytime soon. No, no. And in the Never Hike Alone, that movie, plus um, he's working on kind of a, a series of shorter ones. Um, th- those, I think, most people are considering just kind of as being the new canon because it's, we're just not going to be getting them anytime soon from the production companies. Yeah, oh, production company is putting out a new box set this year that's looking for content. Never Hike Alone will be a good addition if you put those other uh, Friday the 13th uh, Tales from Crystal Lake on the last one. Yeah, that would be nice. Too many people have to agree to too many things, though. That's the problem. <laughs> well, the Friday the 13th podcast probably had trouble getting one person to agree on one thing. The other yeah. ones are probably like, okay, we got to do Jason X sometime, and then one person on the crew will be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always funny when all like, one member of the group hates something so much. It's like we gotta come. Yeah. And this doesn't want to be thorough. I don't care about being yeah. thorough. <laughs> yeah. I no. We are we are completionists. We will go through every single one of them. <laughs> Did you even cover the novel? <laughs> no, no, we're just going through the film. So yeah, none of the none of the novels, none of the comics, you know, nothing like that. None of the, I mean, aside from Never Hike Alone, uh, none of the fan films that have been coming out. But um, there have yeah. been pretty quite a few of the fan films. Yeah, some are good, some are not, you know. <laughs> and the only weird thing about Friday the Thirteenth is that. Paramount's the only company I've seen that hasn't squashed the fan film movement. Yeah, and again, uh, there may be some issues with some of them once the legal issues are resolved, just because kind of nobody owns it and everybody owns it. So I'm not sure if anybody has, like, the real right to, uh, to tell anybody that they can't do something. But once it all gets resolved, I think there are certain fan films who've used, like, the Friday the 13th name, who actually, like, use the Jason Voorhees name, who are going to get shut down. If it ever gets resolved. <laughs> There's the big Yeah, answer. I do like it. Never uh, Hike Alone just refers to him as the killer. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, like, in, in fans, we all call him Ghost Jason. You know, but he's never referred to as Jason. They never say Friday the 13th. And so, you know, he he did his research. So I've talked to, I've interviewed Vinny several times, and he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and what was it you told me the other night? You're trying to be the scream queen of this, uh, of the (laughs) coronavirus incident. Yeah, so yeah, we we were talking about all the all the silly things that I'm involved with because I've got about five or six uh, like shorter projects that I've been working on since we've been in quarantine. I said it's my goal to be the scream queen of quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong that may not with happen, that. But 
I'm having fun. Yeah, that's, that's all it. I know. And I mean, I have to keep myself busy because uh, I do have a lot of feature films that are in the works um, that have been postponed or pushed back or just, you know, they're up in the air because everything in our world is up in the air right now. So um, it's really hard to forge ahead with anything. Um, so, yeah, you got to just, you got to stay busy, got to stay creative and, and have fun. And for all you people who think that she may be talking smack, uh, the doc, the doc, the anthology and a couple of other projects she's working on, she's taking that money and putting it into another movie. Yes, thank you for the segue. So, I am, uh, I am the writer, producer, director of a film called The Embalmers. Um, we are in the middle of a crowdfunding campaign right now, which is unfortunate because so many people are out of work. Um, but it is a film that we hope to be able to put together in September. Um, it stars Rob Mello from Happy Death Day movies, um, Alice Winkler from Space Age from Outer Space, Andrea Collins, Julian Prescott. And uh, it's going to be awesome. So we started our we did a teaser actually, like we shot essentially the first seven minutes of the movie um, and posted that on our Indiegogo and, uh, and started raising money and we were doing great for a few days. And I think it was three days after we started the campaign is when everything started shutting down. Uh, And so it has slowed down considerably. So yes. So uh, I've had to get creative on how to fund this movie and, Yes, Dr. Bubenstein uh, donated her salary for Faces of the Dead to the film. Um, I am going to be doing another film, uh, an at-home film with Brad Thomason, who is my director for Backwoods Bubba, another movie that's coming up, and uh, I'll donate my money there. And then not exactly what I wanted to do as a producer, but uh, so I'm donating all of the money that from my OnlyFans site in April and May to the film. So, so far I've, I've raised a thousand bucks. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know, whatever you got to do, I'm going to get this movie made. So hopefully the world will start back up and we will have the ability to film in September. So it's not going to be a matter of, uh, the finances, it's just going to be a matter on, you know, the state of the world at that point in time. Yeah. And you donating all your money, it isn't how you want to do it, but it does show that you have the drive. And somehow that could give other people the drive to come with you on your mad journey. Well, and it, to be honest, I mean, I did a lot of research. I did my homework. I was involved in quite a few crowdfunding campaigns um, prior to this just to kind of get my feet wet and figure out, like, what works, what doesn't work. And even when I started this, I thought, we're seeing the end of the crowdfunding type thing. People are going to have to find a different way. Like, you know, it went from trying to get uh, private investors. Well, that's kind of gone away, you know, because people aren't giving their money for that. You know, and then going to, like, smaller investors, that's going away. And so I almost feel like this is a chance for me to innovate and to figure out, like, the next way to fund an independent movie. Um, I don't really like to be at the forefront of that, but uh, I already had that feeling that, 
that that was going to happen eventually. And I think now by necessity, we're all going to have to come up with some more creative ways to keep making our movies. Because uh, I've seen too many so-called indie films go like, hey, we're going to do a crowdfunding for our movie. All right, we raised $100,000. And then four months later, hey, we're halfway through the project. We need to do another crowdfunding movie. Drive. And then, hey, we're going to start crowdfunding to do the post work. Right. And I mean, and that's legit, you know, as long as that's, that is set out there initially. Like, uh, but yeah, when people just keep asking for money and keep asking for money, all that does is show that they are novices and have no idea how to budget. Um, and I've said many times that being a director or producer has nothing to do with saying action or, you know, uh, or writing a script. It has something to do with it, obviously. But I mean, more than that, you have to be able to be organized and manage things. You have to be able to schedule people. You have to be able to find money. You have to be able to budget that money. Um, and if you can't, you're going to fail. Yeah. Or as I say when I prepare a podcast, always expect the worst. That way you'll oh, be right. pleasantly surprised <laughs> and prepare for it. That's right, because you need because most people are like, oh, I have a plan B. No, 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 no. You need a plan A, B, C, D, all the way to Z. So <laughs> yeah. you gotta you got to count on more than one thing going wrong in any creative project. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, we had enough money to shoot for five months. I'm sure we'll get it done. And then we only got one-third of script filmed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have to be able to, you know, and we did when we did our teaser, um, we did it in a weekend. Uh, Really, essentially, we did it in one day. Um, But I got Rob up here from uh, New Orleans. Um, Andy came up here from Tennessee. Um, Alice came up here from, uh, basically, from Kentucky. And we we got everybody together, and um, we had basically (laughs) never, never – Hire people based on a handshake, by the way, that are your friends. Our uh, special effects person, she messaged us like that day and said, oh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to make it tonight. And so we had to like try to find all the makeup that we needed. I was in the kitchen cooking blood, (laughs) you know, like when we were supposed to be filming. Um, We got we got started way later, you know, I mean, and and that's just that's that's just the way it's going to be. I mean, it worked around it, and we had fun with it. So, and it probably turned out better because of because of our unfortunate incident. <laughs> yeah, well, I have two things. Uh, you've seen Bad Biology with uh, Frank Hen- Henlotter's film, right? Henlotter. Yeah. Yeah, he talks about the last five minutes, what the baby did. He's like, the baby did not do what. The prop did not do what he we expected to do. It did something better. Right. Well, I mean, if you think about it, the most famous example of that is Jaws. I mean, they had this huge machine, this robot that didn't work half the time, and so they ended up having to not show it and instead use music, and that became iconic. I mean, sometimes the things that go wrong are the things that make your movie um, what is memorable. Yeah. 
Well, look at Evil Dead. They didn't have a cast to the last third of the movie. It was basically uh, Sam Raimi, Robert Tappert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Campbell. and they had no money. <laughs> yeah, they had no money, yeah. too. And they filmed on the, one of the coldest freaking winters in this area. And I'm from the same area as Evil Dead. Good God was the weather. Horrible. <laughs> Yep. You got to suck it up and keep going. <laughs> yeah. You always got to find a way to go work around it. And yeah. I don't understand why someone would be like, wait till last minute and say, oh, hey, I can't make it. What? Yeah. And it basically, it's, it's the, uh, it, it is just the nature of independent filmmaking. Um, you know, when you don't have a lot of money to give to people, when uh, it's not, it's more of a kind of a gentleman's agreement or people aren't as invested in a project as you. And I think that if I had to give any advice to anyone who's trying to make their own movie is that the first thing you have to realize is no one cares about your project nearly as much as you do. And you just have to realize that going in that anybody at any point in time could say, you know what, I'm not going to do this just because it doesn't mean as much to them. Um, So you have to be ready for that. Yeah, I mean, because of the Knoxville Horror Film Fest, I've met a lot of uh, no-budget and indie directors, especially because of what they do on Saturday night, which is the Grindhouse Grindout, which is you're a filmmaking crew, you sign up there, you pay $20, you pull a subject out of a hat, and you have like uh, about two weeks to make to write, make, and edit, and give the film to them. And then it gets voted on by us fans during that weekend. Yeah. And that's fun. That's kind of like the 48-hour film project as well. Um, we found out, and, and again, those are short films, um, but we found out on Friday at 7, our theme, they gave us a theme, A uh, we had to basically roll a dice for a genre, um, and then we had to incorporate an action, a prop, um, and a character of a certain uh, with certain parameters. And then we had 48 hours to write it, film it, edit it, and get it up to them. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It really te- it tests your creativity. Yeah, I recommend anyone who wants to shoot a movie to do one of those uh, contests like that first to see if you can actually pull things together yeah and that's it too sometimes it's not about the end product it's about are you capable of the process yeah most people only see the end product they don't want to know about the process (laughs) (laughs) no no they don't they don't they don't want to know about being stuck out in the middle of nowhere at 3 a.m. because you Guys got lost going to a set or <laughs> coming back from a set. Yeah. Yeah. The things you can laugh about later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's the same with podcasting, too. We have all these people now since this are just trying it and they really don't have a focus for their shows. I mean, your shows are focused. 
TV, SOB, horror. Yeah. I've had a couple people who have uh, started podcasts and they asked me for advice and I've said, I need to like write it out like in a Google doc that I can just share. Cause I've, I've given my, my thoughts to several people and it's like, Oh, these lengthy text messages. But yeah, one is to know what the heck you're doing. Like just, just have a focus, have a format, have something consistent that people can count on. Number one. And then all the other things I, you know, I've, I've gone through because I don't just do the podcast. I actually am the producer, the editor, you know, like a little bit of everything. And so, um, you know, I have a lot of technical advice that I give to people just about how to make things a little bit easier. And I've been told by the, the people who have used it that, you know, my advice has been pretty sound. <laughs> yeah. The only advice I can have is, do a subject that you're going to have fun with eight months down the road, not at the immediate moment. <laughs> right. And something, yeah, that's sustainable. So, yeah, if you if you want to base it around, say, oh, we're going to base our podcast around, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And it's like, okay, well, there's only so much content you can have from that. Like, you know, don't put yourself in a yeah. box for sure. Yeah. If you narrow focus, you're gonna run. You're gonna burn out. <laughs> yes, no kidding. And you're gonna have a very limited audience as well. Yeah. Just because you hang around nothing but Nightmare on Elm Street fans doesn't mean there's a lot of them. It just means there's a yeah. lot within your social circle. <laughs> yeah. True. True. I have to explain that a lot to my co-host sometimes. He's like, yeah, but this group I'm in, this art film group, they always talk about this film. Yes, but how many people are in that group? Oh, there's hundreds. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Very, very true. But But I'm glad that you're actually getting success into this and fun and you really don't and you really aren't one of those that are focused on you know I want to be one of the big boys as soon as I come out of the gate yeah um, and really I mean my whole focus um, as far as filmmaking and acting is is just is really just to have fun I mean I am attached to I don't even know how many projects uh, that hopefully like I said if the world starts back up I'll be uh you know, doing over the next year or two. Um, I know at least 15. So I, I am, um, I am not in, I'm not in it for money. I'm not in it for fame, for sure. I am doing films that I would want to watch. Um, and you know, like I, I often say on my podcast, like most of the time when I recommend a movie, I have to put a disclaimer, this is not for everyone. <laughs> you know, like I just am that kind of person that I, I like things that aren't for everyone. Um, and those are the kinds of movies that I've been doing. So uh, a lot of slashers, a lot of, I mean, I, I made a joke a couple months ago. I had gotten cast, within two days I had gotten cast as a prostitute, a cannibal, and a cannibalistic prostitute in three different <laughs> films. And I was like, 
so I'm pretty sure if you guys have something messed up you need done in a movie, like I'm your go-to girl. And I actually got some roles from that as well. So <laughs> I'm going to be in some, I'm going to be in some crazy, crazy stuff. And then also um, uh, behind the scenes, I'm actually producing a film called Oh My Darling. That's going to be shot here in Indiana. Um, it's, we were going to do it over the summer. It's probably now going to be um, in the fall. And it is a, a teenage slasher throwback, 80s throwback. It's going to be super, super fun. Um, in October, I'm shooting a film in Virginia called Backwoods Bubba, which is about a psycho who uh, likes to dress people up as animals and uh, release them out in the woods and hunt them. So I actually um, co-wrote that one. Um, so that'll be, that will be super cool. Um, and then I do, and then we talked about Dwayne. You said Dwayne had been on your show before, so I actually yeah. did a, I, I, I did something a couple weeks ago that he's putting together, but he um, is doing a quarantine movie of his own, um, not for a contest, but he gave several of us scenes to do to film at our own house, and um, and he wrote the script with the nature of it all being kind of like pieced together. Um, so, yeah, and uh, again, I'm I'm excited though because I'm going to be in a film, Bloody Hooker Massacre. <laughs> but he gave me the script to start out with, and he's like, "Tell me if anything jumps out at you." And I was like, "Well, obviously, there's a lot of hookers in this movie." <laughs> like, but I'm like being a prostitute in so many movies in 2020. I'm like, "Can I be the psychiatrist instead?" <laughs> I'm like, maybe the year of 2021 will not be the year of the prostitute for me. <laughs> yeah. Bloody Hooker Massacre. Yes, it's one of those movies. Yep. Yep. Yes, it's one of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, really. Like, you might need to tell him that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the kind but of film that yes, all of us... Go ahead. Oh no! Yeah, this is yeah. It's definitely the kind of film that I'm into that I would want to watch. I mean, I would watch a movie called Bloody Hooker Massacre for sure. You know, <laughs> like so. Of course, I want to do it. Yeah, we'd watch but the no, craziest I... stuff in the '80s at video store. We go in there like da da da. Oh, Black Devil Doll from Hell! I'll take it. Yeah. No, I still do. <laughs> Again, those are the movies that yeah. I still like. Of. Um, um, but no, I did tease to you that I had an announcement as well. That it was going to be a oh, yeah. of your show. Yeah, I did. So, um, so this is announced later today. But uh, yeah, I did get permission for early announcement. But I've just been cast in a film called "The True Tale of Splitfoot Versus the Lesbian Warrior Nuns of the Great White North." It is going to be a really awesome uh, grindhouse throwback movie. Basically about a group of strippers who are actually nuns, but they are working at a strip club as uh, undercover, and they basically have to save the world against demonic forces. So <laughs> it's going to be great, and it's just announced yesterday that um, Michael Pare from Bone Tomahawk, um, Puppet Master Littlest Reich, and uh, Robert Lissardo from Nip Tuck and the Mule actually are going to be the, the two male leads. And um, it's going to be directed by a veteran director, Massimiliano. I probably said that wrong. Sershi. So it is going to be fun, and we are going to be filming that in November. Oh, cool. That sounds fun. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. 
the best uh, local film from around here that I've seen in the past five years is probably Tennessee Gothic. I love the holy crap out of that. Have you got to see that one? I actually, um, yeah. So I I am friends with Katie Gershong Lowe and Jeff Wedding, the producer and director and director writer of the movie. Um, yeah, me too. And I I I had I got the screener for uh, one of the sites that I write for, Beyond the Void. And I love the movie, and uh, I reached out to them and started doing some interviews. And, and then I actually um, was with them at a convention in uh, Manchester, Tennessee, the Rocky Top Horror Show that was organized by Donald Farmer, also a Tennessee director. Um, God, I love And you. then uh, the composer, Greg Bennett, is actually from Indiana. And there was a showing here. And so Greg's actually, I hired Greg to do the music for my movie, The Embalmers. So if you watch oh, the nice. teaser, He's he, good. yeah, if you watch the teaser, uh, he actually did all the music for that uh, for free on the fly. I just realized when I was editing it, I was like, I need some music. And so I just happened to say to Greg, hey, if I threw you some money, could you get me like some atmosphere music for this and that? You know, and like 15 minutes later, he's like, here you go. It's on the house. <laughs> so I was like, all yeah, right. Yeah, Brad's like, can you do music for my movie? Brad's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Money? Okay. No, no, and he, yeah, but he just did, yeah, he just did it for free. Um, and we actually uh, went, and Lo- we were in Logansport, Indiana, which, is, if you don't live in Indiana, you have no idea what that is, but it's uh, close to where he grew up, and we did a screening of it. I did a Q&A with them uh, for uh, Pop Horror, which was another site that I write for, and we all had a slumber party at Greg's mom's house, so, <laughs> yeah, that movie is fabulous, getting back to that, yeah, getting back to that, um, yes, Tennessee Gothic is fabulous, I mean, I'm so glad I, I stumbled upon it and became friends with all of them because of that movie, and, um, and I love seeing all the successes they've had at different film festivals with it, too. Yeah, I just love, and it's hilarious that since we're in the same area, how incestuous the circle What in this, these areas run into? Yeah, I, well, I always say that uh, indie horror has a shallow gene pool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People like to say people like to say that you know everybody wants to name drop or like everybody puts the same people in the in their movies and it's like well no it's just because we're all just like. One little happy family. <laughs> you know, we go to the conventions, we go to the horror festivals, we run into them. It's like, hey, I know him. Why? I seen him. Yeah. I've seen him leaning out against the car and talk to him outside the Knoxville horror festival. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. Uh, so just as far as my Tennessee connections, aside from uh, you know those guys, uh, the Tennessee Gothic Gypsy Root guys, um, but I also mentioned Donald Farmer. So he is a veteran director uh, who is also an SOV director from the past. And uh, oh, I know. I'll be going down. I met him I'll when be going down uh, to... the Knoxville Horror Fest film guys, again, uh, did a showing of uh, the one, the Shark Exorcist. Right. And I am actually going to be in Tennessee this summer as long as, again, as long as travel is permitted, I'll be in Tennessee this summer uh, for doing the – Spiritual successor to Shark Exorcist, Bigfoot Exorcist. <laughs> oh, nice. 
Yeah. So what for the fastest October if it's on? Yeah, well, I might have to. I'm having William and the guys from the Central Cinema who put it on a Sunday to help promote them and the virtual screenings they're doing to keep their theaters open. And yes, if you love a local indie theater anywhere, look and see if they are doing virtual screenings and rent one of the movies from them. They'll get 50% of the money, and you'll help keep your place where you get to see all the weird little films open. Yeah, and that is going to be key that a lot of the things like that, the smaller things that we take for granted are going to be gone when all this is over if we don't support them now. So support your vendors. Go to some of these virtual conventions that are being held. Um, You know, support the guests who would normally be people don't realize that a lot of the the celebrities at these conventions they rely on conventions for their income um it's not yeah. just something that a lot of them do as a, a little side thing it's something that they do that they count on for money and uh same with the vendors who sell things there so it's really important if you want to keep your conventions going once all this is back up and running and support all those people now while they need it. And support the smaller guys, not these guys that are charging, no names, $300 or $150 for just their autograph. Right. And and those are the people who are, I, I can't speak to them because I don't really, like when I go to conventions, I don't really talk to, I, I don't stand in line for the, you know, the big wigs. Um, I'm more, I'll talk to the smaller people or people who were like random, you know, randomly in some slasher movie that I liked from the eighties or whatever. And those are the people, yes, that they depend on that for income. Yeah. And if you're a podcaster, get some of these smaller guys on that. They will jump. You, you would guess they're fun and they will jump at the chance of like, you mean I can promote my stuff? Yes, they will yes. jump on the champion on yourself. You know, and that was one of the things that I found probably I'd say once I started doing, like, interviews. Um, I started did my first filmmaker interview with Tony Wash, director of Skeletons in the Claw, that, uh, last March at Horror Hound. And I was so nervous. I was like, oh, my gosh, and Steve Rosensky, who did Carousel. And I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, I'm, like, talking to these filmmakers or whatever. And then I realized they were appreciative that somebody asked them to promote their stuff. Um, And people think that filmmakers are untouchable. They're not. They're out there just trying to promote their stuff just as much as you are. And so reach out. And and since then, I mean, I'll watch a movie. I'll just run a movie on Amazon or whatever and be like, hey, that's pretty cool. Like Camp Killer. It was like, I watched it, did it on my podcast, and uh, I, I hit up Sean Jones, the director, and, you know, ended up having him on the show. And he was ecstatic. I mean, you don't realize that a lot of these movies that you watch when you're just going through, you know, streaming video on demand, they're made by people just like us who, are, who really want to talk about their stuff and who are thrilled when people want to, to uh, highlight their stuff. Amen. Uh, the first one... The first director I interviewed was uh, for a magazine that was uh, Christopher Mim, who does a lot of throwback movies. And you're right. 
your first interview is always going to be scary as crap because you're afraid that you're going to screw up. Yeah, well, you're afraid that you're small potatoes, but you don't yeah. realize, like, just reach out. Just, you know, if you if you write for anything, if you do a podcast, if you're a YouTuber, just reach out to those people. Um, because for the longest time I felt like they were untouchable. And then I realized, no, they're, they are really just like us. And, um, and, and yeah, and they're great resources. And, and the fact that I've been able to talk to so many of them is the reason why I can make a movie because I've learned enough from everybody else to kind of see what the ins and outs are, what the pitfalls are, you know, what to look out for, um, just by, talking to other independent filmmakers. Yeah. And they get like, you mean she's a chick and she's beautiful and she knows <laughs> and loves the genre? Let's hire her. We yeah, won't have any fights I, I about quite... her. You know, we won't have any fights. It's like, yeah. uh, Rebecca, we need you to get uh, nude and wallow in a big bucket of blood. Okay, what time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly it. That's me. Like, I'd be mad if I didn't get to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I like to get messy and get murdered. So, on screen. On screen. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Only time that she murders is if you really screw over her film and then... Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe I'll get a little... Get a little mean about that. But <laughs> Unless you think you can work with them down the future, and then you'll be nice about it. Yeah, maybe. But that's how, <laughs> I mean, that honestly, that's also, like, I, you know, just to kind of come back around to what I said before, that's how I've gotten all, basically most of the roles that I am, I've, I've worked on or am working on is uh, just by, um, by sheer networking, just by having been a promoter of other people's stuff. So, Yeah, that's how you start. You promote other people's stuff. That's what most people don't. Like. Well, and it, it, it does show that you have a passion for that particular genre. I mean, because obviously, obviously, like, you and I, we're not making any money off of this or very little money, you know. I mean, uh, <laughs> it all is just about the passion. I think I make enough on my podcast Patreon to pay for my podcast hosting service. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's about it. I maybe get about five bucks a month. I maybe get like a Starbucks coffee, like extra. (laughs) You're like, yeah, I did good this month. How, what do you mean? I got a Starbucks coffee and a bagel. Whoa. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a big month. Yeah, it's like the other day I was bragging. I was like, wow, I've gotten 400 more listens since this started. Oh, man, things are running now. Yeah, Yeah, well, and I mean, you know, but that's what it is all about is, like, how many people are listening and how many people you're entertaining. I mean, and really at the end of the day, as I always say, um, especially on my YouTube channel, is I do it to entertain myself. And if anybody else wants to come along with me, that is great. You know, I'm, you know, if I make anybody else smile or laugh or whatever, then fine. But really, when it comes down to it, all I care about is that I've had fun and I've entertained myself. Yeah. 
Well, the biggest compliment I ever got is this guy when I really first started doing this is about a year into it. This dude, this guy came up to me, said to me, he said, "You're that dude from the thing." <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. Yes, that's me. I, I think I felt like I quote unquote made it. When um, I was at Horror Hound in Indianapolis last summer, and I was walking through the convention center, and these guys from another podcast ran up to me, and they were like, we love your show, and they, like, handed me a shirt from their show, and I was like, you know who I am? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> And, yes, yeah, she has an OnlyFans. And uh, that is $10 a month, and let's be honest, she gives out stuff on her OnlyFans for $10 a month that most other sites would charge 50 or $60 for. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bargain, guys. <laughs> and then also, uh, just if I can plug it one more time, because I know we're kind of getting to the end of this, uh, yeah. if you go to Indiegogo, um, and search for the embalmers, uh, you'll know you're at the right place because there is a fabulous, fabulous poster for the film um, that was done by a man named Mark Schoenbach of Status Art Design. Uh, and uh, go there, watch our teaser. Um, if nothing else, just go and watch our teaser just to see, you know, what we're, what we're trying to do. And if you can contribute, even like five bucks, makes a huge difference. I mean, that's like a sandwich for somebody on set one day. So, yeah, <laughs> is, uh, but even if you don't, if you like the teaser, share it out to all your friends. Yeah. Is uh, there going to be perks on this film? I mean, like the poster, I've seen it. That would just be a good perk, just yep. to get a copy of the poster. Yeah, so... <laughs> So we have a lot of we have a lot of the standard perks. So we have uh, perks for DVD, Blu-ray, um, signed scripts. Um, also, the poster signed by all of our cast and crew. So yeah, that poster is fabulous. Um, will look great on your wall. Um, we do have, I think, a couple of associate producer and executive producer spots left. Um, we have already sold off all of our roles that we were selling off um, or auctioning off, but we will be adding in uh, days on the set so people can pay to actually come to the set for a day, see what's going on, you know, talk to all the actors, you know, have a drink with us, whatever. Huh? Be the coffee bitch. Eh, You know, we won't, you know what? We'll only do, we'll only make you do that if you, to be the coffee bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow, I was going to say, is there any way you can help out? Uh, yeah. Go give me some uh, coffee. <laughs> yeah. So we'll be adding that in. I've been waiting for a little bit because I've been waiting for maybe, uh, you know, maybe a time when people are a little bit more financially uh, stable to put that one in. And we will probably end up doing another crowdfunding campaign. Um when it comes time for filming, just because we were kind of cut short with uh, the, the current situation, but we're still forging ahead. And yeah. and uh, like I said, I, I'm stubborn. I am a stubborn bitch, and I will get this film made one way or the other. Yeah. This is, right now she is Ahab, and that movie is her white whale. Yeah, well, I mean, 
I'm, it's more, the, the movie is The Love Boat, and I'm Captain Subing. Like, I will make sure that we get to Acapulco, everybody. <laughs> so you'll get laid once a year, and then you'll get laid by your movie once a year, and then promise to stay with it forever, and then the per- then forget about it <laughs> next day, next episode? No, no. But I won't have Charo in my movie, though, so. Oh, well, Hopefully sorry, everybody is old enough to understand the references we're making right now. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, no sale. We got to have the coochie coochie girl. <laughs> That's right. That's right. If she's still alive, oh, she's oh, the coochie coochie girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I am in the film, so yeah, maybe I can throw a Charo reference in there now. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, thank you for being on. And uh, name your podcast name before. Okay. So my my podcast, which is available on um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, also on YouTube, um, it's called In the Mic of Madness. So it's uh, obviously a play on the the title of the movie In the Mouth of Madness. Um, but that podcast is where I host both the flagship show and my SOBs who love SOB. And I am on YouTube. I am the not quite final girl. And um, I do a lot of drunken commentaries, which tend to be very popular. So uh, a couple months ago, I was trying to get some friends to FaceTime watch uh, Sleepaway Camp with me or Sleepaway Camp 2. And everybody was just too busy. And I was pretty drunk. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch it without all y'all. So I just turned on my camera, watched it, and just gave my commentary like I normally would, edited it up, and and posted it. And people were like, oh, this is so fun. I want to do one of these with you. And I was like, no. None of you wanted to watch the movie with me before. I'm going to do my drunken commentaries by myself. So I've done several (laughs) since then where I just just turn on the camera and I just, I kind of talk. My dog uh, ends up at Snickers as my co-host. She ends up jumping on the recliner every time and joining me. Uh, and it just, they're fun. They're fun little things I've done. The burning I've done. I did Jason X in preparation for our podcast, which is like, which was painful for me. Um, if you want to see someone in true anguish, watch my drunken commentary on Jason X. But <laughs> again, that's on YouTube, the not quite final girl. And uh, yeah, come, come over to Facebook. Search for the embalmers and come join us for our fun and frivolity on set. Thank you very much. And to do my own self-pimping, tonight's uh, commentary on the night, Man Who Fell to Earth, well, we had a little bit of problem recording yesterday, so we got to do a little work on it tomorrow, and it will be up by Friday night, I promise, I hope. And Sunday we will have the people from... Central Cinema here, we talk about the virtual screenings and stuff. Oh, well, that's cool. I'll have to tune in for that. I'm interested in that a lot. Yeah, and uh, next Thursday we'll be doing Peter Greenway's The Belly of an Architect to finish up the month because that's what Carl's wants. And then we'll be moving on the next month, which will be the worst and best in Latino movies. You think you're going to deal with pain? I'm going to be watching Walt Prowl with Robbie Benson. I've got more of a massive 
freaks than you. Yeah. You may watch Jason X, but will you watch Robbie Benson playing a Latino with a bad Latino accent? I don't know. That sounds kind of interesting. I might have to go search for that. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious. Looking at guy, one of the most Jewish actors ever, Robbie Benson, playing a Puerto Rican. <laughs> hey, you know what? He has range. Billy of an Architect, is that Brian Dennehy? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he recently passed away. That was that was sad. So R.I.P. Yeah, Brian. That's what we're doing for Brian Dennehy. Yeah. And thank you for being on and support her movie. Go to her, and if you're a if you're a guy who likes guy <laughs> or a girl who likes sexy women, go to her my friends page. Her my fans page. Oh. Yes. So, yeah, OnlyFans.com slash Becca Reinhardt. <laughs> so, and again, if you can, if you contribute to that, if you contribute to that, you are contributing to my movie. Amen. And right, thank, thank you, you very for much being for having on. me on. Thank you for taking back out of your busy schedule. Yep. <laughs> I got to go edit my podcast now. <laughs> She was psychically editing it while she was doing the show. That's how professional she was. That's right. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, you, Amanda. Thank you very much. Uh, Have a nice day. All right. You too. Bye. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.